I love being on here with you guys, Nick and Joe. I really appreciate it. TLDR, you guys are awesome. Welcome back to TLDR. I'm your friendly neighborhood backcracker, Dr. Joe, riding uh, with me as always. I almost I almost went with the, 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 the Pineapple Boys intro again. Oh, my <laughs> God. What is the matter with you? But with me as always is my hunking crime. And Nick, together, you and I are the official Brett Williams fan club of the DSG. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Wow. Uh, yep. Well done. Look at that. That is some that's serious crap. I was trying to find it and cut it so it would drop on we dropped mm. that on cue. <laughs> yes. We're gonna have to change the whole show background. Never mind just yours specifically. Right. Well done, right. sir. Oh, you're welcome. I'm gonna go back and we're gonna we're gonna fix this here for the people watching. Because I am not talking about Grant Williams today. We're not? Uh, Shit. Well, it's a big game tonight. Big game tonight. Looking forward to it. It is a big game uh, for the Celtics. That's for damn sure. But it's also a big day for us because we're talking about some indie comics that we've been – actually, I've been dying to talk about mine for a long time. There's a whole thing going on with yours, and we will get to that for sure. But first, for those who are new to the show, if you're coming across us on Twitter or over on YouTube, wherever, maybe Joe's Twitch, if you prefer listening to podcasts in audio form, we're available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Geeks Worldwide, Audible. Audible, Amazon Music, wherever you guys find your podcasts, especially all the major ones, you're going to find us on all of them. So make sure you subscribe, listen there, rate, review. Five stars is very much appreciated. Um, And also tell a fellow comic book reader because every time we see reviews or when we talk to people, they're like, oh, we love how you guys do it because you have people on the show and then you have analysis and then you like a lot of stuff. Unlike most other comic shows that where it seems like I don't listen to too many of them. It seems like a lot of people like to hate on the comics that we get now. Well, I know the bright side doesn't. I also know that we don't. So it's like there's not there's not that much of that out there. So make sure we, talk- get, we get a few. We might uh we might not be so bright on today, no, but we'll get to that. There are obviously exceptions to the rule. Yes, yes, of course. But you can't you can't love everything or like even like everything. Otherwise, you're not even. What are you even doing at that point? But as a as a friend of ours likes to say, most things are fine. Most Anyways, are fine. Yes. Uh, let's actually you know, actually a little overdue on this, but we just did the Moon Knight review over on Change My Mind, and I know Dork's doing it at some point. And Mac and Goo, I think, has done theirs already. They did the 21 questions on it, yeah. You finally watched Moon Knight, right? Uh, I sure did. And? I loved it. It was excellent. I I thought it was excellent. You know, it was... I think I was telling this before we went on, like, I don't have a problem with with Marvel doing things that aren't a part of the MCU. Just, like, let us know. Like, it, you know, like, Moon Knight doesn't... Never gave us the sense that it was supposed to be intertwined in with what's currently going on in the MCU. And I said this before, it doesn't need to be. I just want really good storytelling. This is a character that I am unfamiliar with or was unfamiliar with, uh, but you've talked about him enough on the show. I went ahead and read Lemire's run on this and got a greater appreciation for the character, which had I had been a little uh, you know, quicker watching the shows, I wouldn't have made the dumb comment of, well, the show's not really like the book, but then it kind of really is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I hadn't gotten to that point yet. So man, that was crazy. Fair. It's okay. We got there. We got crazy. there. I was just an episode behind. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought Oscar Isaac killed it, mm-hmm. you know. And um, while yeah, we didn't get a ton of mood, like I understand the gripes people have with the show. Uh, maybe they didn't like the action scenes or they didn't think there was enough action. We didn't get enough Moon Knight. But I just thought it taught, told a, uh, a really good story mm-hmm. start to finish. And I thought Isaac's performance, especially in those last two episodes, uh, were great. And so yeah. I, w- I, I was really high. I'm probably higher on this than most. I think you and I are pretty much in lockstep here. Mm-hmm. Um, well, your grade is? I, I give it a 90. I loved it. Absolutely mm-hmm. loved it. And I, I gave it an 89, so a slight tick lower than you. I mean, one of the things is as, especially as I talked about it with, with Wes about it quite a bit, but even when Lauren was watching it with me, he's like, we not, we're not getting as much of that Moon Knight action. And actually, uh, you know, one of our uh, friends of the DSG, the other Billy D, uh, the better Billy D, some might say, he, you know, he was like, you know, where's the, where's the, um, where's, we're not getting as much Moon Knight in his, in his costume. And like, this is things like that are why I say, read comics. I understand it's not for everybody. 
But like, yeah. if you are annoyed with that stuff and you like these stories and you want more of these characters, you don't run into this bullshit stuff that happens with actors. You don't. Yeah, yeah. It happened like in, in the comics, you get Moon Knight in his Mr. Knight outfit and you get him in his Moon Knight outfit. And then you barely ever see him as Mark Spector. I mean, yeah. in, in the past year, you saw him as as that and Lockley um, and, and, uh, and Stephen Grant mixed in. But it's it's totally different in that regard, but still, I mean, it's that and like the the action we could have used more. I do like. I think Wes has put it really well, calling it yada yada yadaing with yeah. uh, Spectre when his like eyes start freaking out. I do like that a lot, but where that was around a ton, you could have sacrificed that a couple times to get in a little more action. I think it would have gone a long way for not just me, but like people who don't have that appreciation for that sort of thing. With you this could have character. given us one yada. He does a thing where he closes his eyes, and then the next shot is just him mid-fight scene. Mm-hmm. Not sure the whole fight scene, just the middle or towards the end of it, right? And him finishing up, and, like, and then going like what, and then yada yada yada. Like you could have, they could have done that. They didn't have to give us the full yada yada. Just give us right. a yada, right? Yes, and that they, could have satisfied, I think, a lot of people. Um, I liked, you know, the end, like with the fight scene we got where they. They sort of balance between Moon Knight and, um, you know, whatever you call it, Mr. Knight or whatever, like mm-hmm. Grant and, and Spectre, like, boom, you'd see one shot of him coming in as Moon Knight and then, boom, like the next shot is him as, as Stephen Grant fight. I, I don't mm-hmm. know. I thought that was pretty cool. It was really cool. And then the ending. So I will say this. Until we got the end credits or the mid credit scene, I was like, that's how they're going to end it. Like that, it was very abrupt for me. Like, you yes. know, I was like, this is, th- that is not satisfying at all. And that would have knocked things down quite a bit for me. But then we get the end credit scene. If you haven't watched Moon Knight yet, I mean, I don't, what are you doing with your life? Um, but holy crap, when they got Lockley in the mix, I was like, as it's going, I'm like, is this him? Like, he doesn't speak Spanish in the comics. So, like, I don't care, but is this him? Is it for sure? And then, and I saw, Isaac bring Ethan Hawke's character in to the, the limo. I was like, it didn't look like his face really from the side to me. Maybe, maybe it's just me in that moment. But once we get in the car and moon and we see Conchu, it's like, Oh yeah, it's gotta be Lockley. It's gotta yeah. be. Yeah. And then and pop, pop. Around, And he's got that little peaky blinders hat. You know what I mean? The, mm-hmm. uh, the scally cap on and, uh, and yeah, the pop pop. And then as they're driving away, the license plate says specter. Um, awesome. Just awesome. I, that's the other thing they did really well, and, and and not just with you know um, Isaac's performance, but I think the writing of it is the way they dealt with the personality, uh, the different personalities, mm-hmm. and shifting from one to the other, and then so you, how you're telling a story, and we had no idea really as a viewer uh, of the of of you know the third personality there, and then the way like so you think it's ending right abruptly. Mm-hmm. And then it introduces it as like, oh fuck, Mark, you know, Mark is not as in control of shit as you think. And nope. it was just it was fantastic. It was absolutely fantastic. I was really happy with it. I am gonna rewatch it because like with Moon Knight, there's a lot going on and it's it is very trippy. It's just like reading the, the comics. Um yeah. so I really enjoyed it. Um and in the end, I think it's my number three show of the Marvel Disney shows that we've gotten. Yeah, Disney I'd go shows. WandaVision, Hawkeye, or and Moon Knight. Hawkeye, WandaVision, whatever. And then Moon Knight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's where I'm at too. WandaVision, excuse me, WandaVision, Hawkeye, yeah. Moon Knight, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, what if? That's my uh, as, as much as I talk shit about Loki, I think I'd still put Loki ahead of Falcon, Winter Soldier. Uh, that's fine. That's, I mean, hey, I'm clearly, uh, I, I, you and I are similar in some ways on this, but like, you and I are the most similar, I think, I am with anybody on these lists. So, because everybody else in the DSG has, yeah, it was just, really it high. was just, it was just a lot of, I think, nothing to get you to the point where Sam gets the shield. Like we already right. knew it was going to happen, and all this, you know, and but I thought, like, I thought the, uh, um. Isaiah Washington stuff was great. I thought that was a great thing. And then watching U.S. Agent sort of devolve, I thought Isaiah Bradley. You mean Isaiah Bradley? Yeah, Isaiah. Yeah. Isaiah, we're sorry about that. Um, How dare you? I know, right? Like there was definitely some good things about it. It was just, again, you know what? <clears throat> as as we talked about before, this would have been a great Disney Plus exclusive movie. You could have told that entire series. In two and a half hours. That's what I might say. I could you could say you turn that into a movie. I could see that one being made into a movie a little more quickly. But I love what they did with with 
uh, with Winter Soldier in that series. Like he needed that bit of redemption, and it was much, instead of like being the sad Bucky Barnes that yeah. he'd been for a while. But, but you could have hundred percent. And and I think if had had it been a movie, I think maybe it's a little little higher because you cut out a lot of the fluff. Maybe. See, for me with Loki, I just felt for a long time like where that's like generally speaking, I am not like what does this have to do with the larger MCU and all this stuff? But that was really, really the whole thing with Loki. And then as we're getting it, as we're watching it, it's like Loki's okay. all about the finale. Right. That's what I mean. Right. That's that's exactly what I mean. Like, and I, I'm sorry, like I appreciate it. And it definitely brought it up a bunch of points for me. But that was the only show where I was like, you know, for a while, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, you just need the finale. And but I'll say the impact of that finale, yeah, I think moved you much farther into the where the MCU is going than anything Falcon Winter Soldier did, anything that Doctor Any Strange of. did, any right. of them. anything that yeah. like that was of this like phase four era. The most important thing has to be Loki at this point, right? Well, it's WandaVision, like. It's WandaVision in the sense that getting this, getting her to become the Scarlet Witch, I think that was an important thing. But okay. yes, Loki did because it introduced at least what we think is going to be the next big bad. When you're now, talking about, but when you're talking about the connective tissues, I mean, it's Loki, it's yeah. uh, it's Spider Man, No Way Home, because obviously you're getting the multiversal stuff mixed in. Um, taking another, yeah, step but at this, at this point now, you don't even need that movie because of what you get from Doctor Strange. So then it's Doctor Strange's number because two. Because Doctor Strange doesn't acknowledge any other than a sentence of what happened in Spider Man, mm. right? You could take it's only those three. You could take Spider-Man completely. I mean, it's a great movie, but you could take it out of the equation. This is this was my whole beef when we got on this whole Twitter thing. Like the MCU in Phase Four hasn't done diddly shit in terms of taking us to where we're really going, right? Loki's done that the most out of anything, mm. right? You could take Eternals out of the equation. You could take Spider-Man out of the equation. You could take. I mean, Shang Chi's an origin story. Didn't advance anything. Just introduced the character. But you know what I mean? Like Loki. I think. Says but, here is Kang. Sure, but I think Eternals down the line will have have some importance. I do think that with some of these things, you're going to see that, like where. Well, yeah, they'll more... probably retcon something and make it important, like they did with Thor two. Uh, I mean, maybe or maybe they were just trying to set the stage and introduce the characters. I th look, I don't have Eternals. It does not have a high grade for me, like especially for relative to the MCU. But at the same time, like it's it was fine. Like that to, when I think fine, I'm thinking like. You know, B minus C plus. I'm not talking like about the quality of the movie. I'm telling. I'm talking about sort of the the storytelling. And you know, I know people say, "Oh, Phase Four is a reset." You know, we got to kind of start from scratch here. And Phase Four is replicating what Phase One has done. Phase One did it in five movies, and by the time we got Avengers, man, we knew we were cooking with fucking gas. We knew exactly what we were headed to. If you look at Phase Four now, we're eight properties in. Hmm. And I forgot are, about you get I forgot about right? all your Twitter fight that you had the other day yeah. with all that stuff. Yeah, and we're still... we're eight properties in, and it's like, is it Kang? I mean, so like this puts a tremendous amount of pressure on Thor and Love and Thunder. Because mm. I mean, I know it's gonna deliver, right? Because okay. of, of Taika Waititi and what he's done with, you know, and we've got the Guardians. Like, like I have high expectations. I'm not nearly as worried about, but with with um who's it? It's Gore the God Butcher, right? Yep. Um, they've got to. They've got to introduce. They they've got to introduce something big, whether it's post credit scene, mid credit scene. You know what they do. I think what they do with Gore the God Butcher, you know, is going to be is is going to be big. Things right? going to be null. <laughs> if That'd if, really if cool. we if we I mean my 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 hope my 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 dreams is that it's null. Uh, but if it's not, we have to get Kang in this movie, or it's like MCU. Shit or get off the fucking pot. You're wasting everyone's time at this point. Okay. I okay. I I, I right because now because now we'll be I nine mean, movies in with major properties involved, and it's like, where where are we going? This where is where again I've, I've told you like we we talked about it last time, and I and I know you had like the whole Twitter thing going on. I did not jump in because like I'm not in that same camp. I'm not, and I've, I've said yeah. It to, well, I mean, at face value, these movies are good. Right, they're not they're not making shit movies. Like Doctor Strange wasn't a shit movie. I enjoyed right. it. Spider Man was not a shit movie. We all know you're a big Raimi fan, it, right? But like, 
what the MCU is doing here is it's it's telling a story, right? Like it's everything, you know, what they've done for the what they did for the first 20 something movies is each thing, once they really find found their stride, each property built upon itself. They were mm -hmm. moving towards something bigger and grander, and that led us to Infinity War and Endgame. That's they've set that bar now. That's the expectation. And I don't say that to me like every movie has to be endgame or uh, infinity war but i say that you know meaning the sense that they set the bar like their story each movie each property needs to find a way to build upon the story that was told before them and keep moving us forward right mm -hmm. they have to keep you know it doesn't and the whole movie like i said make better use that's, that's what they did so well through the first three phases it was the mid and end credit scenes we got a tease of an Infinity Stone. We got the tease of Thanos without really seeing Thanos at first, right? Like, like each thing, like we got like the teases of, you know, Wanda and um, uh, fucking Quicksilver, right? Like, mm -hmm. like it, they just they just nailed it. And they've just had two, a lot of missteps or failed opportunities. And then they a lot. And, and, and what we didn't really get a lot of in the first three phases of, oh, well, we were thinking of doing this, mm. but we didn't really do that. Well, we're that's getting a lot of that. That's a lot of that. I don't have, that. I don't have, that, that I, I will say, like hearing the Deadpool stuff, and I know, like we said, one thing on Change My Mind and Goo told us it was they didn't film it, but they had it written up and all this stuff. Like, don't like yeah. it's like in the end, like this is where like the Snyder stuff. It's just like, dude, like if you didn't do it, you didn't do it, and in deleted scenes and stuff like that, like it's those. That's not like part of it all. Like it didn't happen. It's sure if it's funny, if it's bloopers and stuff, but like, or if it's a funny interaction, but just like, I, I'm done. I'm tired of those things. Um, but we got to get to catching up to act, talk about the actual books. Um, so why don't you start us off? I know you had a couple. So just a couple um, caught up on the scorched. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. I mean, I read scorched for last week. So I, I read the fifth issue of scorched uh, the other day. Absolutely fucking love it. I mean, I just, Sean wasn't kidding when he was on the show. He talked about just having a lot of fun and these characters not all getting along with Spawn. And mm -hmm. you see that in full force. That was Good great. Stuff. Um, and then West of Sundown. I read the first issue um, really from Vault Comics. Really fault, loved okay. it. Um, the second issue was even better than the first. So I, they, they got a nice little sort of vampire horror story book going on here. Hmm. Absolutely digging it. Uh, great stuff. Do you want dibs on that one? I mean, if you can find your copy and you want to read it, go ahead. But you know, you you let me know. No, you called. You take it. You take okay. it. I, I mean, like that's one that's name remotely on my radar, so that one's all yours. Um, all right, for me, I got Moon Knight, Black, White, and Blood issue one uh, that came out last week. It was solid. You know, you're getting three stories in there. Hickman. Some of it's a little bit weird, but uh, it's it was solid. Um, then we got the return of two books that I love and have talked about on this show. One from AWA, Devil's Highway, Volume 2, Issue 1. Um, this is one of my favorite series. Of course, this is by our guy, Benjamin Percy. And we first had him on the show. Of course, recently we had him talk about uh, Ghost Rider and Wolverine. But we also, a while back, had him talk about Devil's Highway and had him talk about um, Year Zero, right? Which I still got to read that yeah. one from AWA. Fantastic. But um, really enjoyed this. The first trade is also in collected, uh, uh, available in collected edition. Um, but... His first issue was awesome, kind of, and it wasn't really like too much of a reset. Like it's more just like telling you a little bit, it's getting you set up for the next thing. You're dealing with the same, uh, the same individuals, the same like crime, like the larger crime syndicate, um, not the, the same exact individuals from last time. Um, but we still have the two main characters and everything. And it's a good tease at the end. And also, if you look at the cover for the second issue, Joe. It's kind oh, of a lot. Oh, 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 oh. It's kind of a lot. Yeah. So, Holy um, smokes. Very excited. Really enjoyed that one. But then, I, I mean, just just as excited, uh, Bunny Mask, The Hollow Inside, oh. um, of course, from Aftershock. Now, with Devil's Highway, like I can't, you have like a pretty clear vision of what Benjamin Percy is going to do with that, that that story going forward. Like after reading the first trade, and of course, uh, Brent Schuvner is the um, is the artist on that. But when it come, came to Bunny Mask, and this is Paul Tobin and Andrea Moody, like I didn't know exactly what they wanted to do um, in this second arc, in the second volume with this with this character. I thought there was a lot of potential. 
and I absolutely enjoyed the, the the first issue of this new start. Um, the Hollow Inside is the the subtitle for this new one. And I'll tell you what, like we see Bunny Mask kind of out in the world now, and do what she's trying to do. And man, it's like um, it's kind of like I want to say she's kind of like a fucked up Robin Hood in a way. Like it's not money, but she like take she like takes the bad from the poor. And and gives that shit to the neat the uh, the rich if that ah. makes sense it's like the inverse Robin Hood that's what it is and then like the the like after everything you've kind of read in the first uh, the first volume of this the last few pages are also kind of just like fuck man like this the dude who's like the 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 main character the main dude in this story it's like he's 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 a psychologist he's so fucked up he's so like he's just yep. I, he's in such a hole right now and i just don't know how it's going to work out for him at all in the end and bunny mask is just a great um in very uh, odd intimidating looking character you'll you'll love this we were at newberry comics today and uh because i i don't typically pick up most dc books um mm. but i i uh, went back and i picked up um I picked up the second issue and I bought today's issue of uh, this week's issue of Batman Superman World's Finest only because I've heard it's really good and I think my yeah. nephew will like it. So yeah. I'm buying physical copies so I can give them to him. So we were there today and I'm looking, you know, because all they had were the DC books uh, for uh, new this week. And then Violet's going through, she's looking at the, all, all the other books and she picks up one of the covers of Bunny Mask. No. She, she goes, oh, dad, this looks like a good one. You want to get this? I said, put that back. Kid. Put that back right now. <laughs> I'm going to get her a bunny mask for her birthday. You know, I will fucking kill you. <laughs> Nightmare fuel. Oh my God. That would be awful. Um, oh, awesome stuff. Awesome book. I love it. If you're a horror comics fan, pick that up the, for the first trade of that up and get in catch up right now. So that way you can uh, enjoy the fun along with me. Cause it's, I, I love bunny mask. One of my favorite books I've done in this show. If we had to do a list, I feel like it would be, I can comfortably say it would be in my top 10. We love all the books we've talked about on here, but I mean, that one's horror from in terms of horror. I think that is my number one that I've done. But anyways, uh, it's time for us to look into, I guess, the present now and talk about what or the future, kind of. I don't know. Uh, what's new this week in Comic Show? Why don't you start us off with Marvel and what we got from them? All right. So we have Thor 25. This is part of the uh, the Banner War mm, uh, that's yep. going on. Uh, Wolverine 21, which uh, fuck, I meant to read that one uh, for today and I didn't mm. get to. Uh, Bats Benjamin Percy, it's been excellent. X Force 28, Immortal X Men number two, X Men Red number two, uh, Eternals 12, Venom Lethal Protector 2, Silk 5, which I've got to go back. I'm going to binge all these because I've been dying. I've been just got behind on that one. Uh, Spider Punk 2, a lot of number twos this week. Wolverine Patch number two, Star Wars Han Solo and Chewbacca number two. Um, Savage Avengers 1, Iron Fist 3, Electra Black, White, and Blood number 4, The Marvels number 10, Excellent number 3, Marvel Voices Identity number 1, and Nicholas, there was one book outside of Wolverine that I was really looking forward to on this list, and it was Savage Avengers number 1, and uh, I did not care for it. No, I didn't either. I would say this is like, you know, probably... I don't know, like a six and a half. I want to say seven because the art was good, but the story on it, what, you didn't like the art? I'll tell you what, I didn't even bother finishing it. Wow. So, okay. the, the yeah, the art was great. There's there was I, My beef wasn't with any of that. The problem was there was two things. One is that there was too much going on. It didn't know what it, it was. It was just all over the place. You're here, you're there, you've got these, you got a ton of characters here, you got a ton of characters here. You know, like it was, it didn't know what it wanted to be. It was all over the place and mm -hmm. there was too much fucking words. Yeah, you know, I think as I say it now, like the, I was holding back on the grade because like the art is not a problem at all on this. No. It's just the way it's written. There's a lot of like narration um, and it's like, it's like an omniscient third, uh, you know, third uh, narration. Yeah, and I was, don't really it was brutal. I just, I couldn't do it. Sometimes that works, but it was really slow. Um, obviously with Savage Avengers, you know, Conan makes or Conan, whatever, it makes sense that he's going to kind of be more at the center, but then everything else is like little introduction here to these other characters to set things up. Little introduction here to these other characters set things up with the other Savage Avengers where you're mixing in like Punisher and um, it was, was it Punisher, Wolverine, Venom, 
Conan, and I can't remember who else was in it, but it's like there the that was a lot more fluid. That was, was that Dr. the 2018 uh Jerry yeah. Dugan run, I think. Yeah, yeah. I did Dr. Doom in there. That was excellent. Yes, that was I didn't a, finish it, but I I, well, again, I didn't finish it either, but that was I'll one of the books I had to um you know yep, that's right. Hit. Yep, I'm saying that. But like what was great about that was it was almost a Conan book with then these other characters like along you know like you tell you're telling mm. the story and yeah. it made sense and it worked it it knew it was in a lane it's and it it, it fucking drove that lane perfectly right mm -hmm. yeah, this was, one is just you know you're fucking going here you're going that way you're going this way like yeah electric it, didn't make sense for me it, i just I, I didn't even finish it i just said that ah. well you didn't miss much so i would probably actually give this like a six and a lot of that weight is being carried by the art because the art doesn't the artist does yeah. not deserve to get uh dragged in any of that um i didn't get to read most of the other marvel stuff um i but like because i'm going to be looking at some of these for uh, comic of the week because when we got a moral x-men issue one i'm pretty sure that i had that as comic of the week so i'm excited for that wolverine patch the first one stunk and yeah, i'm pro yeah. i'm gonna read the second one but i'm i'm Probably not I'd like because we get the review copies, but X Men Red was awesome. I'm excited for the Thor stuff and obviously Wolverine too. Um, but speaking of the comic of the week, for me, the the leader in the clubhouse right now or the early favorite is coming from DC Comics show. Um, of course, we got Batman Superman World's Finest issue three. You mentioned that that's drawn by Dan Mora, and yeah, I know that's yeah. a big reason why people want to give that one a look. Um, of course, we got Wonder Woman Evolution issue seven, Shadow War Zone issue one, which is like it's just add it's adding another layer to the uh, shadow war. And I've, I've been enjoying that event. I think it's done been done really well. We got some Otto Schmidt art in here too, with black Canary, which is cool. Um, then we got a couple books that we do want to dig into more, but um, fables what's, what's going on with you and fables. So I highlighted this because Keith of the Richard Milhouse Keith of the Dork podcast um couldn't stop talking about this book on Sunday. He loves it. He loves this series. I mean, it's Fables 151. You know, I had no idea it was coming out this week. I, I I know he's mentioned it before, but I've never really sunk my teeth into it. He absolutely loves it um, mm -hmm. and was talking about it, really sold me on it. So I just thought it was, you know, kind of ironic that we were talking about it Sunday at Idle Hands during the Dork uh, podcast featuring Mac and Goo and the top 25 comic book movies, which we could touch on in a second here, but yep. I just thought it was ironic that it actually, he was talking about it and it dropped this week. So um, I've got it. It's on hoopla. I've got it. The first volume, I'm going to give it a go and hopefully we can talk about it on the show at some point. Good. I'm ex I'm excited for it. And yeah, I do. Rich, Rich has, uh, that is one of his absolute favorites. So yeah. can't wait to hear what you have to say about that. And I have the, uh, the master list, our friend, of course, uh, from the Mac and Goo program, Mac, he, uh, he gave me this for change my mind. We talked about it a little more there, but we'll get to that towards the end of the show. We've done, we've done enough uh, dilly dallying it off the top here. <laughs> um, so we got Batman, the night issue five, and then we got Nightwing 92. Which one do you want to weigh in on first? Well, let's start with Batman first because Nightwing really, I mean, both these books I love, but Nightwing was something else. Um, but <clears throat> this just continues to be, you know, every week that, you know, that it, when it comes out, I want to fucking talk about it because it's Zadarsky's killing it. And what we got a lot in this issue was a lot of Bruce Wayne of mm -hmm. uh, self-doubt, a lot mm -hmm. of, you know, like him just being like coming second fiddle to someone and stumbling and fumbling and fucking up, which was great. And we get introduced to a character who I thought she was excellent in this issue and it sort of gives us like a an origin of the Batcave. Yeah, right? it does. It does. Right? That, yes. Not like we don't see the Batcave in this, but like the genesis you know, of it. The genesis of it, like where he got the idea of doing a Batcave, and it's setting up. You know, like can you be someone who can be two people at once? Can you wear a quote unquote mask and be someone else? So, just the way you know he's methodically building you know, the character of Batman through missteps and learning and all mistakes and all this stuff. It's just, it's very layered so that when the moment comes in this series, which I'd imagine is in the last issue, you got to think issue 10 is when we finally actually see Batman in this book. It's just going to be such mm. an awesome buildup to that. So 
get the compendium, which is the first three issues. So weird. So weird. <laughs> but read it, find it. It's it's just absolutely fantastic. So the the uh, character that Joe is referring to um, that we meet in this is her name is Avery Oblonsky, who's uh, supposedly XKGB, although there's no such thing really as XKGB. Um, but she's yeah, she's an awesome character, and, it, and you're right. Like the, what we get with Batman too, and there's like there's I'm sure some people if you look up Zdarsky's run with Batman right now and what he's doing in this little story here, like there is a like a another wrinkle that's thrown into Batman's history in this where people are like, is Batman like? Is he leaning? Like, it's like it's. It, there's a moment that he has with his friend, and, and it led people to asking questions, myself included. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm curious to see what Zdarsky does with that because I do think after that moment we see that it's kind of more of a one-sided thing. But we'll see what happens. I'm interested in seeing how Zdarsky interprets it. So I'll, I'll just give you my my quick take on that because I think I know what moment you're talking about. Um, is that you see you earlier in the issue, his buddy Anton says, you know, you you. You've got to do whatever it takes, right? And you know, and being able to read people, and I think Bruce got a read on him and used that to his advantage to get what he needed to get. That's you know a good I mean? point. So that's I a think really that good was, point. In, in that's what Batman like is supposed to be. In yeah, like, like that's what when people say, oh, he won't kill, but it's like he does all the other. He like does a bunch of other messed up stuff. Like that was the craftiest thing that a character has done in this series so far. To not cheat to get ahead, but like it's the first time where he was playing chess with someone and mm -hmm. he set them up big time. To, yeah, he did. To take and it was, it was and like, and like you said, like to see the guy who's always like leaving midway through a conversation and no one has any idea to be as clunky as he is right now. To me, it's just like this is if you're a longtime Batman fan, which of course you're listening to the show, you are more than likely. This is something you're going to want to read. At least the way things are going so far. Um, the first five issues have been awesome. But the best comic to come out of DC this week, no questions asked, was Nightwing 92. Um, and we do have Redondo back on art for this oh, story. Tremendous. And uh, and of course, Tom Taylor is uh, is writing all this. But you lead us off here. Well, this is, again, this is, you know, there's there's been this really wild ride we've had with Nightwing, right? Where where it was going, and then it kind of comes to an abrupt halt, and then easing back into it, like after um, whatever the fucking event was. I can't even fucking remember anymore. Oh, it's not Shadow War. That's what's going on right now. Uh, yeah, it Alpha? doesn't matter. War? No, yeah, I don't know. No, whatever. But, like, he's done just a, such a great job of getting back to that point, but it did. it wasn't like, we're, we're telling this great story, we're going to bring it to a halt and then we're going to go right back into it. It was, it's just been this subtle build for the last several issues. It just keeps getting better and better and better. And, and where we're at just, Oh, he's, I, I, I just, I just love seeing it. And then mm. you get it, you get a great little emotional moment, you know, at the end here, but like that, that scene with the statue and then mm -hmm. the panels that followed it. Yep. Oh, Excellent. Yep. Excellent. 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 The stuff with the, the, what we get at the end is great. Like we get a nice little tease for stuff for more what's to come, yep. but the game that's being played right now involving Dick Grayson throughout all of it yes. is what's really been like, I know you, you were on that from day one where that was yep. like, this is what I want. Yep. Um, and I've enjoyed it as well. Like, and, and, and I think they, they took another step forward with it. Um, another, and another characters that we're seeing involved throughout the course of this story. So I, I can't speak highly enough of this first issue. I mean, this, uh, this first issue, this uh, 92nd issue of this story. Um, I'm, I'm just thinking as you're going through it all, Joe, it's like, if someone was to like, there aren't many times where this happens, but like you, you run into a comic and it's like, Oh, there's so many issues. This, like, if I'm a, I'm a new reader, how am I going to go and get involved in this? Look, you go and get a spark notes on what happened with, um, with, with Dick when his, when he got shot, and then you, so that way you're up to speed on what happened there. And then from there, just read what Taylor has written so far because you're I didn't even do that. I didn't even do that. I just got whatever vague stuff that you, you would talk about on the show, mm. like leading on. And I didn't even bother with it. I just read, there I just go. picked up Taylor's first issue. And they, cause they kind of mentioned some stuff that had happened to him and he's, you know, rebound, you know, but it's just so good. Mm -hmm. Like, cause when did Taylor pick it up? 78? 
That was his first issue. Seventy-eight, I think it was. Was but I'm saying for those who haven't, who are maybe new to the show and haven't heard every time where I've complained about Rick Grayson, um, or seen the other re- the other Even posts then, out there. Just go back and 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 find and find the first volume, find the first trade of Taylor's run, and just pick it up and read it. You'll sure. be fine. There You'll you go. Fine. Um, but this, they, like, what they've done with this character, where they tried to make him badass, like before with the Rick Race and stuff, and kind of gritty. Now they've done it more with like the family stuff and like the the quality of like Dick Grayson. I mean, when you look at all the Robins and the whole Bat family, like he's he might be the best person of them all, and they're really doing a lot with that. And I think into like in this age, it's so hard to do that now. Like Race says about Superman, I can't do it. Like he's not interesting. I know part of it's the overpoweredness, but like with Nightwing, they're doing an awesome job with Well, it. and Taylor's doing a great job with John Kent too. Mm. He's mm-hmm. doing a tremendous job with John Kent. Right. But I think what really also got me too was this was again another this was another really emotional issue. Mm-hmm. We got that we got that flashback scene um of uh, of Dick as a young Robin um and then with Batman and then with Alfred, right? Like that's the other thing too, is that Taylor has done such a great job at honoring that character mm-hmm. of Alfred, yeah. and what just what he means, not just to Bruce but everyone. It's it's been it's been tremendous. I'm gonna fly through a few of these indies here before we get to a few others that we want to where we have single issues we want to break down. But we got IDW, of course. Joe loves Usagi Ujimbo. We got issue 28 here. Uh, TMNT Best of Rat King. I don't know what the hell that is. I just who knows. Um, AWA Hit Me issue three. You've been reading the, the first mm-hmm. two, right? Okay. Yep. I should have called dibs on this one. Um, Dynamite. I've learned. I've learned. Dynamite Hell Sonia issue five. Source Point Press, Good Boy, Director's Cut, Issue 1, uh, Cover of Darkness, Issue 5, which I know you've been trying to read that, but you've been having issues, right? Fucking yeah. comicsology. Ah, oh, fucking comicsology. Yeah. Go ahead. Yes. Go ahead. What do you well, get I mean, they make it so I can't read it. So if Newberry Comics doesn't you know, order it, then how am I fucking read this book? Plus, they fucked us again fucking with Barnstormers. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. I, that's the, the one thing I will say, the fact that Scott's got that whole thing going on right now, to me, I know it's like we're talking about, you know, Amazon versus Scott Snyder, but like Scott's one of the biggest names in comics, obviously. So like if somebody's going to like, you're going to have to listen to and chips over there too. Right. So like yep. you got these guys there that like are doing Lemire. some serious stuff. Lemire, if you're screwing up their stuff and this is how they make their living, I well, would think it's going to lead some problems. Cause League of Comic Geek says it was coming out two weeks ago and I checked and I checked with Comixology. Comixology said it was coming out this week. And that was on League of Comic Geeks again, coming out this week. I go to download it this morning to read it. And then it says July 19th. That's mm. a big fucking difference from, you know, May 17th. Like, God. Yep. So no Barnstormers yet, even though we thought we had it this week. Uh, more from Source Point, though. My Brother Teddy, uh, issue one. From Titan, we got Rivers of London, Deadly Ever After, issue one. Uh, and then we got a few from Boom and Image that we did want to highlight. From Image, we'll start. We got Slumber, issue three. A Town Called Terror, issue two, which we both liked that first one. Did you read the second one? Because I liked it quite a bit. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, we've also got Bolero, issue five, which you've been reading. And then New Masters, issue four. Um, two ones that we, two that we wanted to highlight though. King Spawn issue ten. We talk about all this black, white, and blood stuff that's going on. And I open up the I, you see the cover, and it's like in black and white. I didn't think anything of it. Then you start reading, and then it's like, oh my god, they're actually like take like it was kick ass. But it's like they're totally doing the same thing Marvel's been doing right now. Yeah, except when Marvel does it, it's and it's all there's a couple of stories in each right. book, right? This was just yep. one story. It was just black, white, and red colors. Yep, and the hobby furthering pages. the larger King Spawn story too. Yeah, right. And, and and the the hobby pages. That we, I mean, the art in this was phenomenal. The story again was top notch as mm. always. But I think the artwork for some for this particular issue, and uh, I would love to get a chance to talk to Sean again and ask him about this. Like, what was the decision? The 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 um uh the thought process about doing that because it was just. It was excellent. It was like, okay, all right. It's something different, something new. And and I'm in it. I'm, you know, I've been enjoying King Spawn and this issue was fucking tremendous. Yeah, it really was. And, it, and I, th- there's so much here with Terry too, who like yeah. is a fine character and everything, oh, but like yeah. I really enjoyed what they did with him here. Oh, and the action scenes. And it was mostly yeah. told from his, you know, you know, it was, this, this was more than anything, a Terry book, mm-hmm. which was, was great good. because it really, it really, you know, you know, uh, enhanced the, the overall story. But there are a lot of questions about 
like what's going on with with spawn right now and like this is where like i really like gunslinger spawn it is like as grounded as like a hell heaven and hell story can kind of like be of these spawn books the scorch is out of its mind and i do enjoy it um and then I, you know, obviously there's you know the main spawn that i'm always going to read and appreciate but king spawn is absolutely the best spawn book that's out there right now if you're going to only read one you should be reading king spawn like and yeah. it's they're like sean has sean and javi have not missed yet so yeah. Um, definitely one to, to pick up. I mean, like, I mean, I'm probably, I'm going to pick up the, their trade. I love freaking the cover they have for that too. It's badass. So, um, then another book that I, it had popped up on my radar, but I missed it. Kind of got lost, whatever, but I hate this place issue one, which is kind of how I felt throughout part of, uh, the dork live show. Not because of idle hands, cause I love idle hands, but because of those four <laughs> schmucks on the mics, but you read this. I didn't read it. Yeah, this was one where I was, uh, like, this morning, I, I'm trying to pick and choose which books I'm going to read last minute for the show today, and I just stopped reading Savage Avengers. I was going to read Bolero, because I've been enjoying that, but I said, um, no, it's the number one image, let me give it a shot. I hate this book. I didn't really know what it was about, um, and it's it's a horror book, and it's fantastic. Hmm. The, the art is... Dibs. I think it's Oh, yeah, total dibs. Um, the, the art, while necessarily isn't my favorite style, I think plays really well into the horror vibe, gives a really good horror vibe. And the way this book starts, and then the way it ends, and then all the crazy shit that we get in the middle. Mm. Um, yeah, this this, 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 this was an A plus first issue. Eight, wow. Yeah. I hate this place. Okay, I there we go. Well, I'll uh, have to give it a look and see if that maybe make you know knocks off Nightwing for a comic of the week. And then from Boom, uh, of course, we got Power Rangers 19. I'm a little behind on the Power Rangers stuff right now, um, but been working on catching up. Angel issue five, Faithless three issue four. Then we got two other ones that we did want to highlight really quickly for me. Um, Alice Ever After issue two. I think, I don't know if I had said like, I'm not sure if I want to call dibs. Or... You called dibs. I did. I did. Okay. I, I, and after the, reading the second issue, very happy that I did because okay. it's like more, it's a lot of pandemonium and it's like, you know, a lot, quite a bit on mental health stuff. It's very, it's very interesting. I don't think you called dibs. I think I graciously gave you dibs. Uh, well, um, why don't you tell me about House of Slaughter? How's that sound? Yeah, okay. Dick. <laughs> so house of slaughter this is a book that i have uh, not been so keen on uh you know with its first run it's starting a second arc and i gotta tell you if it wasn't for nightwing this might be my favorite issue this week i fucking loved it it was tremendous it's kicking off a new arc it's it, again like House of Slaughter, as um, you know, as we've talked about, right? It's we're we're getting more behind the scenes stuff of the different houses, you know, in this world. And I just I didn't love the characters in the first arc. It just the story, nothing about it really. It just I didn't know like where they were going with it. Like how was this supposed to really play into you know the larger thing with you know. Um, Something is killing the children. But the first arc, just to me, it just like it wasn't my cup of tea, right? This mm -hmm. issue comes in, we get introduced to new characters, uh, and it was excellent. The storytelling, like I was, I was pulled in, I was fascinated. Like these this, this was revolved around a character. Like, I don't know anything about, I want to know more about them. I want to know more about this particular, you know, sect of, you know. Uh, the order of St. George, because you're, the, the color of one's mask, you know, determines sort of what they do. Are they hunters or are they more leader? Like, and so like, it was absolutely fascinating. I can't wait for the next issue. Like this is where they should have started. I <laughs> get why they started where they did, but like, this was fucking fantastic. That's wild. I yeah. cannot believe I cannot believe how happy like how much you liked, liked it in the end. That's... I loved it. I loved it. This was to me like this felt like a something is killing the children book without you know and and what it did too is like this accomplished something the first arc didn't did. There wasn't any monsters mm. like we didn't see like it, but it was just perfectly done. So so much more you know better executed than the first arc was. Like I was stunned. I was like okay. House of Slaughter number six. I'm going to read it because I, I've really been enjoying some of this killing children. And I was like, fuck, 
yes all right let's do it it was it was fantastic well i'm glad at least you got that as a consolation prize for reading it all in the end because i know you were very disappointed throughout all of uh something's killing the children um we look to dark horse for this week too to round things out we got black hammer reborn issue 12 breakout issue two count crowley amateur monster hunter issue two and then shaolin cowboy cruel to be kin issue one uh, and that leads us into the book that you're talking about this week, which as I look to who the writer and artist are of this, I do remember you 100% telling me about this book. Yeah, you, you might you might have been a little hammercocked mm. on Sunday when I was talking about this. Maybe. But 44 minutes into the show, we're just getting to it now. It tells you yep. what kind of a week it was. Um, but yes, I am talking A Study in Emerald from Dark Horse Comics, written by Neil Gaiman and uh, Raphael Scavoni. Artist is Raphael Albuquerque. Colors, Dave Stewart, and letters, Todd Klein. Um, this is a four-issue uh, series that was released in 2018. And I had no idea I was going to do this book this week. I was planning on doing something else. When I got to Idle Hands on Sunday, I got there a little early just to kind of sit and have a beer and and, and, and wait for you guys to show up. And I, I'm looking through, and I'm like, okay, what, what should I catch up on? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going through Hoopla, and I go, oh. I forgot about this, and I and I, I fucking flew through the first three issues, and it's only a four-issue series before oh. you guys got there, and I was like, this is friggin' awesome, and I remember talking to you about it. I talked to Keith and Davey about it real quick. We just asked them if they had heard about it, um, and, and they hadn't, but when you look at the names, I mean, Gaiman and Albuquerque and Stewart, I mean, like, that's a fucking team, man. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And so, uh, synopsis, the supernatural mystery set in the world of Sherlock Holmes and Lovecraft's Cthulhu mythos features a brilliant detective and his partner as they try to solve a horrific murder. The complex investigation takes the Baker Street investigators from the slums, uh, slums of Whitechapel all the way to the Queen's Palace as they attempt to find the answers to the bizarre murder of a cosmic horror. So, like... This is right in Gaiman's, you know, wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Albuquerque's art absolutely nails it. The colors, like, like Stuart did a tremendous job with the colors here. Um, and, th- like, it was only four issues. It's not a ton, but it was, like, perfect. Like, they really mm-hmm. told a, a great story within those four issues. Had they gone five or six, like, I'm sure, like, they would have done a great job with it. But, like, four just kind of felt, like, perfect. It was tight condensed right in those four issues you fly right through it and that's not a knock on it sometimes you fly through it sometimes you're like oh four issues is it are you really going to get your money's worth there you absolutely um you absolutely are so sort of as the synopsis implies you know, this this takes place it's a it's a you know in, in the world of sherlock's homes and it's you know fans of sherlock holmes you know will love this book i mean that, i mean i love sherlock holmes I, we talk about it all the time like i love mystery type stories tricky for more of a watson guy i gotta be honest well you know doc you know we, we, mm. we are two fine doctors and, yeah and so knowing you pick that, up on that well I, I'm, I'm a doctor yeah. Yeah. yeah there you go yes <laughs> so you know like you know what you get when you're when, when when you're talking about sherlock holmes you know you're going to get a great story and you know there's going to be twists so mm. this is a case where i could say they're twists without it being a spoiler because if 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 you don't know that going to a Sherlock Stone, Sherlock Holmes story ahead of time, then you just never read the character before. You, mm. You're not familiar. Um, and and with this book, because it's dealing also with H.P. Lovecraft's Cthulhu, um, it's got that supernatural fantasy kind of vibe to it, which Sherlock Holmes stories sometimes do have that vibe to them, like The Hound of Baskerville. Uh, the Hounds of Baskerville, I should say, has sort of like this supernatural vibe to it until – you know, you get to the end and, and, and sort of it all comes together. Um, and, you know, the name A Study in Emerald is a, a take on A Study in Scarlet, which is, you know, one of the more famous Sherlock books. Um, so you get a lot of really great Sherlockian type misdirection in this story, but you also get some great Gaiman misdirection. And mm. so I think, you know, Gaiman obviously is a fan of Sherlock Holmes. He really understands the character. Um, and writes him well and writes, you know, all the characters, you know, in that world very well. So you feel like you're reading a, a Sir Arthur Conan Doyle story, but it's it's got that game and pizzazz to it. And Albuquerque's art, like I said, like 
his art's fantastic, but I really think it's Stewart's colors that that you know really mm-hmm. you know sort of put it over because like it just got that Victorian you know 1800s era oh, London feel to it, right? So yeah. the colors are dark, but when you get the bright, it, it pops right as you can for those watching. You know, mm-hmm. you can see just the black and white, but that pop of green really like kind of sticks out. It's got that watercolor feel to it. Um, so the story that you get from start to finish is excellent. And the, the title of each book, as you would expect, is a clue. And then like when you open up the first page of each book sort of has like an old timey ad in it, which um, the first time through I didn't read because I just thought it was just part of the ambiance of the book. But there's I went back and looked at them again and there's little clues embedded in through there. And wow. so this is a series that it's a quick read, but you can go back and read it again because you're going to pick up on the breadcrumbs. It's like watching a Sherlock uh, with Benedict Cumberstatch. Um, you know, wow. on, on the I thought you were going to say Basil of Baker Street. I thought you were going that route. <laughs> like you watch that show. Yeah, you know, this, but the more you watch it, the more things you pick up on. That's what makes a Sherlock Holmes story so great is picking up on the small things after the fact. And so you, you get that here. And so, um, you know, it's it's a quick book. I was very, very surprised by it because this was something that was at the Amazon store and I saw it, it was hardcover. But it was like 20 bucks. It's like, uh, you know, and then I looked, oh, it's on Hoopla. So I just I put it on there and then I completely mm. forgot about it. Um, and so I was like, oh, let me give it a go. And I just flew through it. So like if you're Damon's a beast, man, he really is. And really you know is. what? What I'm stunned with more than anything is that there, he hasn't done more of these. Like this was 2018. It was four years ago. Um, you would think like because like, this like the world that he's created here with Albuquerque, he could do more of these. He could do more takes on Sherlock Holmes and mixing in more macabre stuff, more fantasy stuff, get a little weird with it as gaming is want to do. And like, this was excellent. I, I mm. want more of these. I want an entire series of these. I know he doesn't look from, from my understanding, he doesn't just look at comics and be like, it was a means to an end to get to where I wanted to get to or all these different things. Or like, I know he has respect for the medium, but like, I do also understand, like the guy's like a legit novelist. Like he's obviously been that way yeah. for like a long time. But I wonder if that's why like he just doesn't make time for it. Yeah, because, maybe. Like he's done so much. And obviously in the movies too. What am I saying? I mean the shows and stuff that he's got going on, like Good Omens. Did you watch that by the way? I did not. You know, it's really it's really good. If you like British humor, it's funny. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, so that that is a study in Emerald. Like I said, there's some great twists in the way that this ends. I went, what? Hmm. How? Like. That's the thing with Sherlock Holmes. Like sometimes the obvious is right in your face and you never see it. It's right there. Mm. Plain as fucking dead. You don't see it. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh shit. And then you go back and you look at it. And then, like I said, it's all there. And you're like, God, man, fucking A. It's excellent. Can't talk about it enough. Hmm. Wow. This is one that I've never heard of before. And I don't know if I've ever seen a Dark Horse thing on – on Hoopla, at least like knowingly. That's uh, maybe, maybe I've seen some of the North, Norse mythology stuff in there. But that's awesome. Wow. What a little find. Look at that. Huh. Yeah, that was a great little uh, little, little uh, hidden gem there. So do you think with this, like when you talk about, um, when we talk about like show movie kind of thing, could, is it something that could get turned into something like that? Like a little one-off thing? Or is that kind if of If he had a series of these out, I'd say make it a show. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, what about like a Netflix do- movie? This would be this would make a great like Netflix movie, mm-hmm. right? Like if it's just this title and he was just doing a one-off, like make it. But like if he had a series of these out, I'd say make it a show. And like like what the like what the BBC did with Sherlock, it doesn't have to be each mm-hmm. episode two hours plus long mm-hmm. uh, or whatever. But like you could like you could make this this could be an episode, and then <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, this is this is like a quite the team though. Like you, I know you talked about it a little bit, but looking at like like Gaiman and Albuquerque, he's just like, huh? Like, yeah. What? Like you why know, I, I never need, heard I don't this? even knew read a synopsis, and no. I had no idea. Like I said, I saw it. I was like, oh, but I was like, I didn't want to spend twenty bucks because it, it is kind of thin. Four hmm. issues is not a ton. Um, and then I found it on Hoopla. You and Billy. Okay. <laughs> Wait, but... Billy likes them thick. What are you talking about? Yeah, you did, and you're like them thin. <laughs> Yeah, see, see what I did there. Anyways, uh, yeah. uh, it is time for for for, for um, 
for me to get to my book. Um, and we talked about like, you know, Doc getting kind of like a, this random pull out of nowhere as much as it is a gaming book. Mine is, is about a ran- as random as it gets. I'm talking about Animal Castle from Ablaze Publishing this week. And, and I've mentioned them on here a few times because of Animal Castle. Um, and then, of course, it was it's Life Zero was the other book that I read. But only saw the first issue. I haven't seen second or third one since. So they're not as like big, but they're an act. They're, they are around right now. A Blaze Publishing is like some random one that we pulled out of nowhere that's kind of like defunct that we found on Comixology or something like that. Like what's the one? Uh, was Avatar Press? I don't think is around anymore. And that was yeah. the Ennis, that, that messed up Ennis story that I told you guys about. Like right. don't read that with kids around. I forget, I'm, I'm blanking on the crossed. Crossed, don't read yes. that with kids around or like your significant others, whether you're a, you're, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, just make sure your significant other doesn't see you reading <laughs> that. They're going to ask a lot of questions. Um, Lauren still hasn't seen that yet. So anyways, um, but animal castle from a blaze studios written by Xavier Dorison art by uh, Felix Delep, uh colors by Felix Delep and Jessica Bedard. And then letters by Tom Napolitano and the covers are all done by uh, Felix Slup, but they have a little bit of a different vibe than the actual interior art, but still there's some awesome shit. And I believe the cover that I'm showing you guys right now, this is the first one. I believe this is going to be the cover for the first trade, which is supposed to come out in July. Um, If you go to your local comic shop and they have like, um, and they have like the previews of the big, like previews catalog. That's that, uh, that most that at least I know my place um, orders you'll see that cover that I just shared the first issue um, on that. Now they, I guess they bought it out or, or whatever that for the, um, for the July issue. But as you can see, Joe, there's some pretty awesome covers and this is like, this art is not art where I look at it and it's like, Oh, this is like this crazy badass art. Like we're talking about animals, like legit, like, you know, cats, dogs, uh, cows. I thought about stray dogs. Like I didn't initially want to read it because I thought it was going to be silly. But when my, this is where at um, Time Capsule in in Seekonk, where I pick up my comics, the guy behind Jeff behind the counter like mentioned it to me. He said it's it was the first issue was really cool, and it's based it's a lot like it's Animal Castle, um, but like more fucked up. And like Animal Castle was uh, you, you remember that it's Animal Farm? Sorry, Animal Farm. Excuse me. It's all like <laughs> Animal Castle is like Animal Castle, and it's also like Animal Farm. <laughs> um, God, my brain is not like, there's something not connecting this week. I swear. So, you know, this week? I, hmm, well, well played, sir. Um, but animal farm, which did you read that in middle school? Cause I feel like that's when I read that book. Yeah. I think middle school, high, high school, I think probably actually. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. well, okay. Hey, I would, you, you were in the, the never mind. I'm not even going to go there. Um, anyways, I'm slow. Cause no, I'm from Canada, <laughs> eh? <laughs> um, but, but, um, with uh, with Animal Farm, the focus is the Russian Revolution, and of course, it's a commentary on communism. This is on co- focused on communism, but it's kind of more general about communism, not a specific story. Um, the synopsis really short, and I mean, when I heard it, I was like, I, I'm in. On the farm, all animals are equal. In the castle, some are more equal than others. Take that commie pinko bullshit out of here, Nicholas. Right? Um, <laughs> five issues, and that's what the collection collected edition is going to be. There should be more of this down the line. If you have, if you're going to pick up the, if you're more of a trades person, pick it up when that comes out. Because selfishly, I want them to make more of this comic. Uh, it was really good, and and they left it at a point where you'll be fine if we don't go back to it. Um, it was a well told story, and definitely like an, an unsettling ending. But at the same time, I would like more. I need there's more to be hashed out and everything. Um, now, the main character in this, you've seen her on the cover, on a few of the covers I shared already. Uh, Miss B, she is a cat. She is a mother. And Joe, if you were putting a cat in like the real world where they had to do like real jobs, would construction worker be on your shortlist? No, I put cat. Cat would take whatever job you give a fucking asshole. Well, OK. Cats stink. Um, anyways, that's well, okay. I hope Swaggins didn't hear that. Oh, she wants is a cat. I can't wait to see her next. I'm gonna get her a bunny mask and I'm gonna get her a real cat. Uh, she's gonna gonna love me, all right. But no, she isn't a construction worker and um, obviously not an ideal job for a cat. But no way a cat's being a construction worker, no. And and like, this isn't like a cat like walking up on her cat would be the cat would be the foreman walking around. 
Well, the dogs are the foreman. The dog, I'll get to those in a second. But you have Miss B, who's the main character. You have Caesar, who is a rabbit. And actually, this job kind of makes sense. He is a gigolo, essentially. <laughs> um, or a male prostitute, however you want to look at it. Rabbits um, do fuck. Yep. Yeah, there is that saying. So um, so that's Caesar, and he's another cool character. Miss B has uh, two kittens. That kind of that brings them together because these two are neighbors. You have President Silvio, and when you look at that cover I was talking about that you'll find on the trade, you'll see – Oh, is he uh, the bull? He is the ox, yes, or bull. Ox, um, yeah. But he, um, you see Miss B, and then you see him, and uh, man – so he's the he's president, but I mean, you know, there have been other people who've called themselves presidents. You know, some maybe in our lifetime, some maybe before our lifetime, who've been questionable. You know, pre- when it comes to being a president, uh, I, this guy is absolutely right there. Bit of adult. Um, then he has his henchmen slash like police kind of, and those are the dogs, and they don't have names. They are numbers, and number one is a moron. Number two is very smart. And number two, as like, hey, trying to make his own moves and everything like that, too. He's pretty vicious. Um, but also, he has to still answer to number one quite a bit. Um, but yeah, so some awesome characters. Then we got Daisy, who is a duck, not married to Donald in this one. Um, That's just, a little on the nose. Yes. Um, she is the nanny for Miss B's cats. Now, in all this, like we, we talk about how there's um, in... in um, what is it? The, the Russian Revolution is what Animal Farm is kind of based off of. In this, we do get a lot of chaos. Like we're talking about communism and stuff, but like there, like issues do arise. Like you can't just go and have this manifesto about communism and have it be a comic and you know have me hooked for the entire time. Uh, contrary to what you might try and lead the people to believe, Joe, um, in your propaganda bullshit. Well, but I, I didn't know you were part of the PCP program. <laughs> Actually, that's funny. I didn't even think of that as I was talking about it. I changed my mind. Fuck. Um, anyways, these animals have this miserable existence. And they have like Silvio and the dogs are supposedly protecting them from a wolf attack, which I guess happened once, but it was like a long time ago. Humans are not supposedly not around anymore. So that's why the, these powerful animals are kind of driving the bus. But then in that first issue, Joe, we get this one inc- one like occurrence that happens and from that like it's just like nope like none of this is okay anymore and it leads to and it leads to people you know calling for change and then like other characters are brought in the mix that kind of show how change can be made and then but at the same time where you know you and i may want to have change in one way that doesn't mean that like billy or or rossi would want to have change in the same way like we may want the same thing to happen but we may want to go about it different ways. And it creates, there's a lot of complications with that in the course of the story. And you just, you know, you get like, you know, the passive, like Gandhi sort of stuff, but then you also have some more violent approaches to it too. It's just, how do you do that? And then how does the other side counteract it? So really, really enjoyed it. Um, and then the art style too, with it too, like these are not like these badass looking characters or anything like that, but they do draw they, the, the violence is really well done. Um, it gets pretty vicious throughout all of this too. Um, but it's like a little bit goofy sometimes with the art too, but it's like, it's very like, just to give you kind of a look, um, I think they do a really good job with it throughout all this. So, um, it's almost, it's almost, it's almost got a stray dog's vibe to it. Not as cartoony, but still. There you go. Yeah. So I I really enjoyed this. Um, this is one book that I've been, I've been dying and I, I, you know, easy one for me to call dibs on because you don't get exposure to a blaze. Not that I get much of it, but um, was um, I was very excited to like to share this with you guys today. So, um, yeah. So, so Animal Castle, the the first trade is gonna, or maybe the only trade, I don't know, is gonna be out uh, in available in uh, in July. I don't know the exact date, and with everything with delays, I don't want to give you guys an exact date either. <laughs> so, no, awesome. That, uh, it's funny how that works because like this is again, as I mentioned with Stray Dogs, it's it's a book with animals. And it's, it's like. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be silly, and you know, you, it's why we do the show. And then, so someone, you know, said, "Oh, you really got it." And I've heard like I heard really good things about it, so I grabbed it, I read it, and absolutely loved it. So it's it's just like I don't feel like talking animals is in our nope. wheelhouse. But the two books that each of us have read so far about it have knocked it out of the park. Absolutely. Could couldn't could not agree with you more on that front. Okay. Um so before we get going, we did have the 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 Dork Shared Gooniverse uh comics, um it was all time comic book movies top twenty five recently. The one thing that I just wanted to say off of all of it where everybody's like talking about the animated stuff, 
Um, I did actually mess up in one way. I didn't. I said Justice League Dark instead of Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. So if you are like Mac and want to go watch and figure out why I have that as my number twelve movie on my list, that you want to watch Apocalypse War. Justice League Dark was not on my list. It would not make my list. It's a fine movie. Um, I do enjoy it, but Apocalypse War is the one that 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 is there. So just wanted to put that out there to the people, Joe. Do you have anything to add? Uh, I, I felt like I had a pretty good list. Um, you did well for yourself. It says I a lot. Well. I mean, I, I, I talked about I, – I left Shazam off. That was a big omission. Uh, and then going back – because I hadn't looked at my list since I sent it. Um, Crow and 300 not being on my list as well. Um, I didn't put movies on my list I didn't see, so I didn't have Joker on there because mm. I just haven't watched it. Mm. Um, I didn't have Harley Quinn, the Emancipation of Harley Quinn, the blah, 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 blah. Uh, but I think what I had Captain Marvel ranked 35. That was the one movie, the highest ranked movie I had that, that wasn't listed. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. That's yeah, pretty I had 40-something, 40, 41 books of, of movies that made the list. So, you know, all in all, I think I did a good job. I think you had more than that. You had, I think, Joe, Credit to you- me. You might have had the lowest misses. It was between you, Goo, and Keith, I believe. Um, I will say the fact that you didn't have Blade. I know you didn't have Blade Two, which I didn't have Blade Two either, and that one was a little bit of a surprise for me. But Shazam, leaving Shazam off, like it was on my list. I had it at thirty nine, though. Like when you say, "Oh, it's not," it's not. um, Yeah, but that was a surprisingly good movie. Actually, I had it twenty nine. No, never mind. That was a surprise. I enjoyed that movie very much. That that should have been on my list um what was the other one the crow would have if i didn't have the animate some of the animated ones that i did have because i had justice league dark i had superman red sun i i had red red hood uh so batman under the red hood the crow was on my short list of the movies i think part of the reason why i think i left the crow off because i don't think i've watched that movie since it you know like i mean when did that movie come out mid 90s yeah it's been a long time early right early night yeah i mean i haven't watched that movie in a very long time Mm -hmm. decades So yeah. I was like, eh. um, I will. So I think you, Keith Ingu, like I said, had the shortest misses, shortest amount of misses. Davey, and I believe Rossi actually led everybody, then Davey, then Wes. I was in that middle ground with Billy, and uh, I think Shine might have been on your end of this. The spectrum. meaty part of the curve, right? That's, yeah. that's a good place to be. Yep. So, um, with so other than that, uh, keep your peepers popped, um, and uh, stay sexy, Joe. You know it.